What up, what up, what up? It's Pope the Blueprint, the host of the number one networking show. And I like to take the first couple of seconds of each show to highlight any local brands or any brands that's been on the winner circle. And tonight I got on Exotic Frenchy Empire uh, down in Tennessee. Uh, it's a good brother, man. He's working hard. So I encourage everybody to support, support, support your local Black-owned businesses to keep the dollar circulating. And we have a special guest in the virtual building tonight. How you feeling tonight, good brother? I can't complain one bit, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Man, you know what? I, I appreciate that. And so before we get into the journey and the inspiration of why you do what you do and how you do what you do, if you can just introduce yourself, let everybody know where you're from, and just a brief overview of all you do, and we're getting ready to take it back to day one. Uh, my, na my, my name is Eugene Link. Everybody knows me as Gino. I'm from Baltimore City, Baltimore, Maryland. Um, an overview of what I do, man, I, I own uh, my own real estate development company. I have my own trucking company. Uh, I'm working on a residential staffing agency. Uh, um, a substance abuse center. I got a lot going on, man. I'm 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 one of those people that's from I'm 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 from a level of poverty that a lot of people use as an excuse to mm. to to uh diminish the, the the capabilities of the progress that they can make in life. So now mm. I to reach a certain stature, I'm in a different position in my life and, and giving it back or turning it around is something that I'm interested in doing. And I've been through enough I experienced enough firsthand to be able to lead people in a different direction. Mm. Now let's let's take it back to day one, right? Because you have multiple businesses that you're involved in. You're inspiring people. Were you all this? Were you always this way growing up? Or take us back into the mindset as you were developing your mind growing up. Well, no, I wasn't always like this, man. Um, if I could take it back to day one, uh, I experienced a lot of things in my life that that I know for a fact that some people, they couldn't walk a mile in my shoes. And uh, mm. I say that to say that, you know, I came from, I came from a situation where, uh, how can I, how, where do I want to start? Um, mm -hmm. I don't want to move too fast. I want to keep it keep it keep a nice pace going but yeah I had some parents that had some some issues you know and the issues were visible but the issues also caused problems within you know the upbringing of my brother and I got arrested so um mm -hmm. my mother was a function not even a functional addict but my mother was a drug addict my mother was a drug addict and um my father had bouts with alcohol so I witnessed two ends of a spectrum like firsthand and how bad it could be and what it could do and how it could destroy a household. And it became so much that um, a person like myself at a young, at a young age, I learned how to, how to become numb to pain. It numbed me because I didn't get a chance really to express how I felt about things because I had a younger sibling that was a little bit more sensitive to situations than I was. So I had to harbor my feelings. I had to learn how to bottle them up so um moving forward with those things being in, in existence my grandmother uh, had enough 
one day she decided that she was coming to get me and my brother. And uh, she took us, took us into a home and started to groom the man that I become today. And I'm very mm. thankful for that. Mm. Man, that's deep, person. man. She definitely yeah, we got to shout out all the grandparents because, you know, I was raised by my grandparents, you know, and so my father passed when I was eight. So, you know, you start to see certain things, especially in our communities, and it's a pivotal moment in our lives where we can do certain things, right? We can go the wrong way. We can go the right mm-hmm. way. We can do both. We can do both. So as, as you were growing up, you make that transition. What, what was that transition like? You know, did, did, did things get better? Or how did you transition knowing that you had a little brother that was looking up to you as well? Well, I had some guidance, man. I had some guidance, um, not only from my grandmother, but my aunt played a major part in, um, in my life. And she noticed the potential in me at an early age. I was always academically inclined. Um, I was never... A person to put my education on the back burner but when I was younger I, I really didn't grasp what I could have in accepting the fact that being educated on the level that I was was a was a plus for me it was a skill I kind of kind of like tucked it in my pocket because of the neighborhood the kind of friends that I had growing up I didn't feel comfortable with being that smart so yeah, yeah. um I didn't exceed to my full potential at it early on because I could have experienced so much more. I could have went to a city. I could have went to a poly. I could have went to a Dunbar, but I really didn't pay attention to how, how much of a gift I had. So I, I went with the flow of things. I went to the high school in my neighborhood. I went where my friends went. I wanted to go where my friends were. I didn't really pay attention to what I had, but even still in that aspect, I graduated number four in my class. So wow. um, it was just a few of us from, um, I went to Falls Park senior high school just a few of us not that many of us that actually went to college out of that class so when I say my aunt recognized the potential in me I never forget she sat me down and she was like um you know I had a a real bad attitude problem growing up and I could understand why because of the things that I was going through but she she kept my energy channel she always kept me and my brother in different activities she gave us a chance and she always let me know I ain't giving up on you I'm not giving up on you and whatever I got to do to make sure you succeed I'm gonna do that and she did she stuck by me um, she sat me down and she was like, you have no idea what kind of potential you had. She was like, you exceed at levels that your friends don't understand and they can't. She was like, you exceed without even studying hard. Eugene, you don't come in here and read, study. She was like, and you do very well for yourself in school. So she was like, what I want you to do is consider going to college. And I was like, college, I'm not going to, co- you know, what's the big deal about college? None of my friends was talking about going to college. None of them. Yeah. None of my friends were talking about going to college. So my aunt had um, started to introduce me to things like I, um, I never forget. I went, she introduced me to this program that Delta Sigma Theta has sponsored, which was a botillion cotillion ball. Mm. And she put me in this program and I stuck out like a sore thumb because I was a kid from the inner city. I was not used to, for one, the type of environment that I was in or the people that I was around. But it ran, again, it was one of those shape, form and fashions. It taught me how to eat with etiquette. It taught me how to greet people when I came in the room. It just started. She was introducing me to things that was rounding my character all along. Even though I had that attitude problem, that little rough street sense, she was giving me a balance. Yeah. She was giving me another chance. So um, thankfully, man, I graduated from high school. I ended up going to Morgan State University. Um, I'm sorry. I left 
high school. I went to University of Maryland Eastern Shore. I transferred from University okay. of Maryland Eastern Shore. I went to Towson University for two years. Um, there, be, there I became a, a member of Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Um, I pledged by myself. That was a whole nother experience that was humbling. You know what I mean? 16 yeah. weeks in that hole by yourself. That's a different experience. So mm. uh, I transferred to Morgan State. I graduated with a degree in information systems and sciences, and I went on to become a, a school teacher. I taught school for a few years. But even throughout my college career, I mentored children with behavior disabilities. And I understood why I was so successful because I was once that child. So I yeah. knew how to reach them. I knew how to deal with them. I knew how to how to convince them to, to make a change or assist them in making the change, not even convincing because I was once that child. So I knew directly how to communicate with them. And I was very successful with that. And even still today, once I kind of finish a few things that I have going on, I'm going to start my own program, a transitional program for them as well. So. You know, I got awesome, a nice man. little background, you know. Yeah, you know, and that's why I love doing the show, right? Because a lot of times we see the success of people mm-hmm. and we don't understand the backstory, the inspiration, the mindset on how you got to that point. So as you're going through, I'm like, okay, it makes sense when I see you moving, you're doing the motivational videos and you see people like yourself speaking with passion and you know, one of the, the photos I said you were speaking uh, to the youth, mm-hmm. you know, and so now it starts to make sense about the backstory of that inspiration. So when did you make that transition to get into entrepreneurship? Because like you said, you could have stayed your traditional route, but you kind of took it up another level. When, when did that switch happen? Well, what happened was um, another part of another chapter of my life that took over. Um, mm-hmm. Coming up, I was all, I always had that entrepreneurial ability. ability. And when I say that, you know, I, I, I'm saying this with, you know, with, with meaning, like I, I was really successful in the street. You know what I mean? Like I had a, yeah. I had a side of me, even though that I went to school, even though I, I obtained my education, that was my aunt telling me, give yourself a chance, Eugene, but this is what always had a hold on me. And yeah. I was very successful at it. And I was very successful at it because I was articulate. I always knew how to apply a system to whatever I was involved in. And, um, yeah. and I, I gained a, a, a heavy stream of income and I was able to see, do, and experience some things that at that time people my age were not doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I ended up getting in trouble behind it. You know, I got a federal yeah. indictment um, and everything was taken away from me. And even before, even before I went to school, I mean, even before I went to federal prison, um, I had, you know, I had some, a lot of things going on that were positive. You know, I had a, a, a couple of rental properties. I was working. Mm. I was a school teacher, but nobody knew about the dark side except for the people that were involved in the underworld with me. You know, I could... Yeah. I, I could be like Superman and Clark Kent. You know, nobody knew that yeah. Clark Kent was Superman. And that's how right. my life kind of teetered. And then one day it just came to an end, you know, and I caught a federal indictment and it sent me to prison. And during that situation, I was stripped of everything that I had. Mm. Everything. They took everything that I had. And the whole time I was... I sat down within that sentence. All I thought about was what I could have, would have, should have did with the money that was taken away yeah. from me. And it was a very substantial amount of money, you know. Um, 
it took me, it put me in a situation that I had never been in before, but it humbled me. It was another humbling experience. And it reminded me so much of being in college and being online because it was one of them things where when I was in college, I knew that becoming a member of this organization was something that I wanted to do. And I knew I was going to have to endure some things that I wasn't used to in order to get there. So humbling myself, I never had a problem with after that. Cause that was a situation that like broke me down to the bottom and it built me back up. So it kind of put me back in the same mind frame. And I never forget, you know, people would be like, you don't seem stressed out. You, you know, like, are you okay about this? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine with it. But I was yeah. also always taught, you know, even though my father had the issues he had, he definitely instilled a lot of good principles in me. And one of them was to always be able to accept the consequences of the decisions that you make. So yeah. whenever it was my turn and I had, I, I ran into that situation it wasn't nothing to frown about. It wasn't nothing to be upset about. I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was yeah. doing. I accepted what I was doing. I also accepted the consequences if I ever got caught. And it was what it right. was. You know what I mean? And by the grace of God, you know, you know, after a couple suppressions of motions, you know, I was only able to be charged with what I was charged with. And my sentence was 60 months. You know what I mean? It could have got me way more time than that. You know, we kind of yeah. banked more time than that, but I was blessed. And, and again, Good. everything that rounded me, my ability to have finished school and speak for myself and have recommendation letters, like all of this stuff played a part in the sentence yeah. that I ha had gotten. But while I was away, mm -hmm. while I was away, I saw and experienced some things that just like completely changed my life forever. It did it change my life forever. Like I felt like the people that I had loved and trusted the most had crossed me completely. Mm -hmm. And I learned how money was definitely the direct root of all evil. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you'd be surprised what people do when it comes to money. How they act. No doubt about it. They treat you. No doubt about it. Do to be able to obtain it. But another thing it was for me was, okay, Eugene, you are used to this type of lifestyle. And I saw so many people go through the same situation that I went through and come back and still be stuck in a room and doing the same things. And a lot of them go back to prison. I could never be that person again. I had too much that I was responsible for at the time. And um, I don't mind sharing this, but I had lost so much so yeah. fast. My father passed away before I turned myself in. Um, my brother died three months before I came home from prison. My grandmother died a year after I got home from prison and my mother died two months after that. So it was it. It was nobody left but me and the children. Mm. my daughter my brother's two children and I was like you know what I just got way too many responsibilities I got too much to live for and I can't let this life take me back under because they had already promised me if we catch you doing this again we're gonna make sure you don't ever see the light of day yeah so yeah you know even even my prosecuting attorney he was like you got away with something he was like you definitely think you got away with something he was like and you're gonna do it again and when I mm. catch you this time I got something for you so it's just been, you know, I just, since I've been home from prison, man, I came up with, while I was in prison, I came up with a plan. I did. Yeah. I, I might even be able to find it because I keep it close because I just remind myself of certain things. Like I got whole, all these little pieces of paper. I used to write stuff down and just remind myself of where I was going and what my, mm -hmm. what my, what my goal was. And I also felt, you know, that passion for, for success because I kind of felt like, You'd be amazed at how many times you think people love you, but at the same time, they can't wait for you to fail. So whenever I, I got caught and those people put me in handcuffs, I kind of felt like it was a stand, like some people, it was a standing ovation for them. Like, yeah, he finally, 
We finally got yeah. caught, you know what I mean? So for myself and what I loved and what I stood for, I felt like I owed myself everything to be able to create mm-hmm. a life for myself where I would never go back. And then I kind of, I, I started to understand more about what I was teaching myself and not paying attention to, you know what I mean? So wow. I sat down wow. and with a plan, I wrote it down. You know what I mean? I wrote everything that I that I have going on. I can show you that I wrote down while I was in prison on a piece of paper. This is what I'm gonna do, and this is how I'm gonna do it. And I did my wow. own, and I made sure whenever I got home, all I had to do was be ready. And I knew what I needed, and I did what I needed to do to get ready. So now, how important was that, right? Because, like you said, going through those ups and downs, coming home, a lot of people, like you said they have a tendency maybe to go back or not even go back. When they get home, they don't have any type of plan because society won't accept them. They go apply, they have a record. And so when, how, did, how did that spark happen for you when you were away? Were you, did you have a, a group of people that was kind of giving you game? How did you know that what you wanted to do on the outside was it? Well, for one, for one I knew I knew how I was, like I said, I, you know, the kind of money that I was making, I had obtained a very successful lifestyle for myself. You know what I mean? Like I had mm-hmm. some things that I know that people wasn't really accomplishing. I, don't, I mean, that was working nine to fives. So I knew mm-hmm. that I, that was something that I wanted. Once it, once you experience something like that, you never want to settle for anything less. So yeah, knowing that, be, now that I was, you know, because it resonated to me. You're a convicted felon now. So you got to you gotta do this the hard way. You got to do this the long way. You know what I mean? You want to obtain that type of stature again? Because even with a degree, Eugene, once they run your background and see that you've been arrested for trafficking or you did some federal time for trafficking, they're going to frown their face at you. For one, you're an African-American yep. male. And for two, you're yep. a convicted felon. You struck out already. You don't even need strike three. You know, one of those two factors was going to lead me down, down the file, you know, calf. What, what they call it when they throw stuff away, uh, file 13. Yeah. Yeah, yeah file 13. Yeah. So I knew, I was like, all right, cool. What are we going to do? What are we going to do, Eugene? Yeah. You got, because n- now this is what you got a plan for. And if you want it, you can go get it. Because I, I never took no for an answer. So, you know, I'm listening to the guys like, yeah, you're a convicted felon. You're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do that. And I'm like. Y'all just so easily influenced by what people say, mm. but I was always the type of person that never take no for an answer. So yeah. once I start mapping my my plans out, the next the next step I just needed was to just I just needed my freedom so I could go get it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what I yeah. start what, what one of the things that you know some of the things I I always like to read. I never had a problem with reading. Like I was never deficient in any reading. And if you ever want to hide anything from people of our kind, and when I say that, I say that because our kind, we think we know everything, but we, yeah. we, we lack the knowledge. Why do we lack the knowledge? Because we don't read. If you ever want to yeah. hide something from us, all you gotta do is put it in a book or put it in some literature. Put it in a book. Yeah. That's Coming true. up, our people think that everything else is so much more important that they're not paying attention to learning how to read. So when you hand yep. them something, they can't read it. Or if they read it, they never learn how to process information. So they don't know how to read, comprehend the information, and then use it 
use what you learn to your advantage. You know what I mean? And that was one yeah. of the things that I really appreciate my aunt for was for allowing me to accept the fact that I, you're smart. You smart. Take yeah. advantage of being smart. So I did. And when they locked me up, the first thing I started doing was reading. I never read the newspaper before, but I spent so much mm. time doing nothing. I would read the whole newspaper. Wow. So I was just feeding and feeding and feeding myself. And I never forget that when I first got to federal prison, like these guys was giving me these hood novels to read. And as I'm reading the novels, all I kept saying was myself. And I was like, I don't need to be reminded of what I was doing because this is stuff that I was doing. So I was like, I need something different. I can't, I don't remember his name. He was like, man, read this. You might like this. And he handed me Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, Robert Kiyosaki. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I was stuck. I was so fascinated by the book, I read it twice. And then I called home. I need this. I need the next three books that come behind this series. I want this book. I want these books. So mm-hmm. once I read those books, I started reading... Um, um, Think and Grow Rich, you know, um, I read The Richest oh, Man yeah. in Babylon. I was reading everything, and what it was doing was it was just fueling my brain, and it was teaching me at the same time. So I was like, all right, cool. I know I need multiple streams of income. How do I build it? I'm going to use this to build this. I'm going to take the pro- proceeds from this to do that. Like, I just had it all mapped out. I did. It was yeah. a little slow start whenever I got home from prison, but it was on. And what I learned after that was I was like, damn, they never taught us financial literacy while I was in school growing up. Yeah. They teach us yeah. to go to go to school, get an education, go to work from nine to five and work for somebody. Now, as an entrepreneur, I know that that structure is to only make somebody else rich. Why not use the same information that I just learned to invest in myself to make myself rich? And that's why today you see me preaching to our people. And when I say our people, I mean, whoever's willing to listen, I don't care what color they are, black, white, orange, yellow. If if something I'm saying makes sense to them, then I want them to hear it because we're not taught financial literacy. You know what I mean? We're not taught that. These Caucasian white kids growing up in these rich families, they having whole financial seminars with their children, sending them to classes, teaching them what to do with money and not even what to do with their money, how to build credit to use other people's money to get there. We're not taught that. We're not. We're not. We ain't. We, I, I guarantee you, these kids sitting in class nowadays with their earplugs on, listening to Lil Boosie. Boosie ain't rapping about no financial literacy. You see what I'm saying? Right. And it's right. good to see some of the rap stars now, like your Yo Gotti's, your, your Jeezy's, the stuff that they are talking about because they were once in that realm too. But now they master entrepreneurs. They own yes. stuff. And they, and don't get me wrong, they, 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 they rapping about what sells. But if you can kind of dig into them on the back end. They ain't selling, man. You know what I mean? So I know that yeah. I'm a factor. I'm a big deal in my hood. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not bragging about it, yeah. but I'm I'm one of the people that that's, that's talked about because of some of the things that I was involved in. So I'm like, all right, cool. If somebody wants to follow me now, let me give them something else to follow. Right, 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 right. Let me and and that's, what, that's what we need. And that's what we need to do, right? Because it's, it's certain things that the youth look up to. Exactly. They, you know, they're not going to listen if you don't have any credibility, right? So if, if you're a very tight and narrow person, you know, all salute to you, everybody take different paths, 
but certain youth are not going to listen to the straight and narrow, right? Nah. They need to see that you've been down that path and like, okay, you can be, you can pull up in the Bentley just like your Gotti can pull up in the Bentley. Absolutely. Like it's certain things that appeals to them. And so I'm glad that, that you're speaking on that because that's what appeals to the youth is the flash and the glamour. But behind that comes the message. Comes the message, exactly. And, and, and when I, I've been, um, you know, I, I had frat brothers, they principals, you know, the teachers, they invite me to come speak to their kids. And when I show up, I don't show up in a, in a, and don't get me wrong, I'm a very polished individual. You know what I mean? I can put a suit and a tie on and I can go in a room and I demand the presence of the room. But on the flip side, like whenever I'm going to speak, I know the attention that I'm trying to grasp. And I don't want to be the boring, per, the boring person that comes in there with a shirt and a tie on. Yeah. And, and yeah. They, they, hit, they, they hearing me, but they not listening. So when I walk in there with my Rolex on that's lit up and a big diamond chain, the first thing they want, they look in some red bottoms. They like, oh, shucks, who is yeah. this? So now yeah. they introduce me to these kids like, oh, he's a business owner. And they look and they scratching their head like a business owner. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because you can yeah. own a business. And if this is how you choose, if this is the characteristics of your personality and this is how you want to present yourself, it's okay to do that. But you yeah. don't always have to accept that I got to be a dope boy to have this image. No, this is an image. Yeah. This image should yeah. not be attached to negativity all the time. And if you don't believe it, here it is right here, right in front of you. And yeah, and that's it. awesome. And that's awesome because a lot of times the, when the youth are growing up, they don't have that guidance and they get into the game. Mm -hmm. they, I mean, like, like you said, when you were coming up, you were basically doing entrepreneurial type things. It was just in a different industry. So in we had industry. so many minds in our neighborhood and that's why you know I invite people like yourself from all walks of life because we need to get this message out to the youth and we need to unite like you said you got principals you got teachers you have everybody and if we can start pulling our resources together that's how we're going to make change in our neighborhoods by everybody uniting and bringing their gifts and talents to the forefront yeah that's how it is. The bad thing is, is that the culture in, in a lot of the African-American and urban societies is like crabs in a barrel. Yeah. That's the only thing. I don't know why, man, but I don't I don't understand it because I've never been that person. I, I'm the type of person on, on my team. Everybody went. Yeah. I don't want to be up by myself. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to be the only person in the club no more spending all the money for the bill. If I got five yep. people with me and everybody got $1,000 a piece, we're going to spend $5,000. We're going to look just as good as we look if I'm the only one in there spending $5,000. But everybody yeah. doesn't have the capabilities of pushing their team to obtain that amount of success. So what I started yeah. to do, what I started doing was I had to learn that, Eugene, everybody can't go. Yeah. Can't take everybody with you. And I started surrounding myself around people that was like-minded and doing the things that I was doing. And I start, and I did, I watched myself excel. And before yeah. I knew it, I was at a place where I, I, ha I had reached a status that I didn't think that I could amount to that fast. I'm a year in a trucking yeah. game. I'm, I, you know, today I, I'm just waiting for the final, the final, a, a purchase to be final. And I got truck number four. And I'm, I'm a year in the we, game. We go, like, we go, we get right, get into the trucking game. Right. We, Cause you know what I mean? We, and, and, and this conversation, we're going to pick up like 
you know, because it's, it's certain segments that I'm developing in the winter circle called boss talk edition. And so we're going to elaborate on some of those things because it's very dear to my heart. You know what I mean? And, and that's why I'm going so hard because I see the vision. I see where social media is. And it's like, we got to push this message, right? So we, we, we definitely going to have that conversation. So now as you're making that transition, you have your plan. What mm -hmm. was the first entrepreneurial endeavor that you kind of sunk into and said, this is this, we're going to move this forward? Was it the trucking? No, no. Okay. First, first it was, the first thing I did was, um, I got a friend, man. I got a friend by the name of um, Josh Smith. They call him the Cyber Hustler. Okay. Um, they call him the Cyber Hustler. He's known as the Cyber Hustler on Instagram. Josh took, called me one day and was like, um, you know, because even when I came home from prison, I kind of got back in the mix. I did. I, 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 my back was against the wall and I was trying to find my way and, and some things weren't the way that I left it. And he saw it. You know, he was a good yeah. friend of mine. So he was like, listen, bro, I don't want to see you go back. Mm. I don't. Let me show you something. You know, come on down here to Florida. Let me show you something. And I did. Mm -hmm. I, I ain't second guess it because he invited me be one time before before I even caught my indictment, he did the same thing. He was like, yo, I got oh, wow. something I want to show you. Well, at, Josh was my son in high school. We played football together. Like, we, we just real okay. good friends. So yeah. he was like, man, let me show you something. And I just had so much going on in my own life. I was like, all right, I'm going to catch up to him and see what's up. But I just never grabbed a hold of what he said. So he did it again. Whenever I came home from prison, he was like, man, yeah. listen, man, get on a plane. Come on down here. He actually came up here and, and, and made me meet him at Flemings. We had dinner. He was like, I got something I want to show you. He was like, but I need for you to be willing to do something different. He was like, I'm telling you, it's going to change your life because you're a hustler. It's going to work yeah. for you. He was like, you're going to do the same thing you're doing now. You're just going to apply it to a different market, bro. He was like, you know, it, the product changed, but the profit margin stayed the same. You know, yeah. all we're going to do is switch the product. The product ain't going to be illegal no more. He was like, but you can hustle this the same way. And he did. Mm -hmm. He introduced the Amazon game to me. You know, he showed me the, he, he, you know, he gave me the basis and, and I, and me just being a hustler, I put my little spin on it and yeah, it was through the roof and, and I did mm -hmm. well. Like I, I did, you know, excuse my language. I, I kicked Amazon in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where we, that's where I developed the slogan uh, race you to a million from because me and him kind of had this little friendly like competition because we was getting a lot of money. Like, like, yeah. I mean, I'm not even going to exaggerate like sales. We probably was doing a hundred, $150,000 a month a piece. Mm. And we was just going back and forth. Where you at today? Where you at this month? Oh, yeah. I might've did 91,000. He might've did 200,000, 250, but that was his game though. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was, I wanted him to know that, you know, I'm on your ass. You showed me something. But yep. definitely gave me a jump start, and um, Trump got in the office, and it kind of like started to teeter some things with where we was buying our supplies from, and start making it hard okay. for us, and we was losing money. So I told him, I was like, I was always interested in real estate. I brought my first house when I was nineteen years old. Okay, yeah, I brought my first house when I was nineteen. Um, I put, I put my, you know, I had flipped my first house. I, I kept it as a rental property, so I was always interested in real estate. 
And the whole yeah. one of the, one of the things I did while I was in prison was I, I watched Flip a Flop a lot. Anybody that was a re- locked up with me can tell you that. Like this boy used to sit in the TV room and watch Flip a Flop for hours. Yeah. It was one of my yeah. favorite shows. So I already had the concept down pat. I told Josh, I said, bro, I'm gonna take this money here and I'm gonna play Monopoly now. I was like, I got it. I'm cool. I was like, you know, the door's open for you to come whenever you're ready. You know, he had his own endeavors that he was interested in. And um, I, I, I did, I, I started my own um, real estate investment company. Yeah. My own real, I'm sorry, my own real estate re- rehabilitation company. And um, I did uh, five houses one year. I flipped five houses and they was outstanding, you know? Man. Um, that, on Instagram at AOD Red, they can see my work. So it's, it's say, that, say, say that again. Say that again in case they didn't catch that. Yeah, you can follow you can follow my um my real estate development um page on, on Instagram at AOD Red. It's on IG. Um and it show you it'll show you firsthand like how how projects I started to do look from start to finish. But once I once I was in yeah. the truck, once I got into the, the I'm sorry, the real estate game, I saw how fast I was spending the money. You know, I had a nice mm-hmm. little nest egg put up. I had um, put the money up to borrow the money I needed to flip the houses. You know, things happened. I wasn't, I didn't quite um, map the, the process out. So I needed additional money. So now after the after using the money that I borrowed. I'm still going into my money to fix what I didn't borrow in these yeah. projects, which was cool because yeah. I had it, but it started to become a nail biter because your average resale on a house is not going to be for six to nine months out from when you start. So you got to be yeah. able to hold your head above the water for six to nine months. And I had personal expenses. I had a life. My daughter was in private school. I had my, yeah. uh, my mother's kids. I just, I had responsibilities. So I'm spending, I'm spending, I'm spending. But at this point, I had given up on the game. I was like, I'm not even doing this no more. So that wasn't even yeah. an option. It was set. Yeah. You was set at that point. You wasn't going back. No, I wasn't going back. And I was willing to do whatever I needed to do to make it work. You know what I mean? I never forget sitting down with one of my homeboys one day named Dominic. And um, I was like, this shit just getting stressful, man. I was like, I might have to let one of these projects go because I just can't do it. I can't, I can't go broke trying to make it happen. He was like, hey, bro, I ain't never seen you been like this. He was like, you there. He was like, you there. He was like, ain't no way I'm listening to you say nothing like this, not you. So he was like, yo, you you need to rethink the process. And I'm thankful for him for that. You know what I mean? Um, I went home, I never forget. I came home, I got my little notebook. I got a little notebook, man. Again, like like I said, I write everything down, right? I got a little notebook Mm. and I start writing everything down on there. What I needed, what I needed to punch all my houses out, how much the material was gonna cost. I levied it against what I had left in my drawers and how much money I had in my kitty. Yeah. And I was like, cool, I got enough to make it happen. But after that, I swear I only had enough money to pay the bills for two more months. <laughs> and it was God's will, because I was stressed out. Yeah. I ain't never been from what I had to where I was, I was like, I ain't, you know what I mean? I ain't think it was gonna do that, but it was a test. Yeah. And I finished yeah. it. I never forget going in there, sitting down with my lender. And I was like, listen, man, I got I got enough money to pay my to pay all these bills for two more months. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I knew how strict they was because they'd start taking stuff away from you if you can't um, make the payments. 
So yeah. he looked at me, you know, and and and, and kind of like gave me this smirk. And first, I took it as as it being offensive, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it wasn't the same color as me. He was a Jewish guy with a lot of money. So I was like, man, these crackers get ready. Take my projects from me. And he looked at me and he picked his head up and he was like, Eugene, you know what? You don't have no worries. He said, you don't have nothing to worry about. He said, you don't have to make no more payments on nothing. And I looked, I said, excuse me. He said, you don't have to make no more payments. He said, all your projects are complete. He said, I'm not charging you any more interest. He was like, all we're doing is waiting for closing dates on all your projects. He was like, you done here. He was like, I see you at the closing table. And he shook my wow. hand. He said, you have done a remarkable job on wow. these properties. And every project that I that I that I built it, I sold in less than 72 hours. Wow. Yeah. Every project that I sold. So once I got through that phase, I was like, all right, now I need an engine that can make me a consistent stream of income while I invest money in real estate. Because now I can't, I, I don't want to have to wait for the money to come back yeah. to real estate because I gotta live. I need something that's going pay my bills so yeah i got i came back and i was already on the trucking game soon as i got i went to closing on my last house i was already well even before i was looking for um a driving school i had even told my friends i was like i'm gonna get my cdl i'm gonna drive a truck i'm gonna drive the truck to pay the bills Mm. while i invest my money into the real estate so now i ain't got wait for it to come back and I knew how much right. money it was making because I had some friends. Um, I was sitting in the truck, um, Sparky Hot. He's on Instagram. He's a um, he's a he's an inspiring upcoming um, rap um, rap artist. He's also mm-hmm. a trucking company owner. I got um, my friend Anwar Shepard, AKC Logistics. He's also a um, trucking company owner. So I'm sitting in the truck with them because I told them I'm getting ready to go to school. I'm getting my license. So they're like, "All right, come on, ride with me, so you can see if you like the game." You know, yeah. giving me the ropes, letting me drive the truck, showing me what to do. And I'm listening to their conversations and you can't help if you're an entrepreneur, you can't help to pay attention to a conversation about some money. Right. So I'm talking about they talking on the phone, Sparky, like, yeah, I did. I did 5,700 this week. And I think um, my man Anwar was like, yeah, I did 6,100. So I'm like, dude, you did 6,100 this week doing what? <laughs> so they was talking about the trucks. So I was like, ain't no way. Ain't no way y'all doing that kind of money in these trucks. They was like, yo, we told you. This is what was going on. So I was mm. like, all right, cool. Because I was already signed up to go to school anyway. I found a program that they had tried out, man, for three weeks. They had a three-week um, hot shot program that was through Anne Arundel County government. I mean, Anne Arundel County uh, schools. And uh, I got my license in three weeks. Wow. Three weeks. Like, people go to school for six months. 10 yeah. months to get their license. I got my license in three weeks. And then wow. even after that, people was like, oh, you need to go to work for somebody for a year to get some experience, this, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, man, y'all crazy. You must don't know who you're talking to. I started talking to my home. I went and bought my own truck. I did my own thing. I purchased my own equipment because I had the money to do so. Right. And I got behind that stern wheel and it was a wrap from there. Mm. I went, I, I went and I started to see the same things. I started to acquire the same kind of money I was getting when I was when I was in the street doing the wrong thing. So I was like, damn, that's what it's like. And even still, like I find myself, even with the market the way that it is, I'm looking for more property, but 
the trucking game is so progressive. I'm like, ah, let me just focus on this right now. Yeah. I get back to real estate. I am. I'm going back. But yeah, I'm going to run it up right here right fast. Yeah. And, you know, the, the one thing people don't understand because, you know, I'm going to start my trucking company this year. One people, one, the same people don't understand is that when the, when the pandemic hit, the trucking industry didn't slow down. down. Nope. Nope. The trap house was still open. Still jumping. The trap was still <laughs> jumping. Yes, sir. Good. And the weight right. was still being moved. We were still running loads. Mm. You gotta, you gotta find out. You, you have to. When you're building a business, and this is why multiple streams of income is important. You know what I mean? And that's another thing I learned, like multiple streams build wealth. Like people think they got it all, but you they, they never realize how much more they can have. Yeah. Have multiple streams, multiple streams of income is how you how you get there. So. If you work in a nine to five, that's cool. That's OK. But what happens if that fails? Yes. If you have a multiple stream, you still survive. Yeah. You can still survive. Even if it's just keeping your head above the water, you can still survive yep. until you figure out what else you want to do. Another yep. key to that is making sure the industry you choose is one of those streams of income is recession proof. Yes. You got to make sure that no matter what happens, that you are going to be able to, this is going to operate no matter what. There shall mm -hmm. always, one recession proof stream of income shall always be a plus in your portfolio. And I knew. Mm -hmm. I did my homework on the trucking industry. 97% of the goods of the United in the United States of America is moved by a truck. Yes. Yes. So what happens in the middle of a pandemic when we need all this food, supplies? Guess who the only people outside on the road? Us. Truck. <laughs> that's a fact, Us. man. Still moving up and down the road, man, Still because that's how, that's how I was transported. And it's like, and one thing you said, too, and people need to grab about the multiple streams is the stress level. Right. Because oh, you talked oh. about you talked about, you know, in the real estate and how the, the real estate strategy you were doing. Mm -hmm. Like you said, that that time span mm -hmm. was the nail biter. But yeah. when you can get those multiple streams, now you can also make decisions in peace. In peace, because you're not worried. You're not worried about how you're going to pay for this, or how you're going to pay for that. You're not worried. You don't have that stress. And that's where I, I realized that those multiple streams were very important. So now my aim is to make money in my sleep. You know what I mean? I want to make uh -huh. money whenever I'm sleeping. So it's important to invest your money in stocks. It's important. And, and all of, again, all of this comes with also surrounding yourself around the right group of people. Because yeah. each one teaches one. I do. I got a homeboy that he pays more attention to stocks than he does anything else. But now he owned three trucks. You know why he owned three trucks? Because I'm his homeboy. And I told him, you need to take some of that money you got and buy some trucks. Yes. Yes. And he did. You know Speak what I mean? to that point. Speak to that point, right? Because, you know, your, your network determines your net worth. Yes. And so talk about how important it is to have that power circle. Because I don't think people really realize how important it is to have a team around you of people like yourself. One, you have to not be intimidated. One. 
And you have to accept the fact sometimes that you have to be a good lead. I mean, a good follower in order to be a great leader. A lot of people don't have that. Some people think they know it all. They don't want to take advice from others. Oh, I can do it. No. And for me to have the circle of friends I had, everybody's held accountable for a different aspect. You see what I'm saying? If I'm the guy with the trucks and I got a guy with mental health agencies, I got a guy over here that's doing stock. Guess what? We pool all the information. Everybody has to accept the fact that you are responsible for what you're good at. Yes. Yes. You need that part. But once we lay it all on the table and bring it to the forefront, we all eat from it. Yes. We all eat from it. And that comes with not being intimidated by your counterparts because we're not counting each other money. Right. All we're talking about is how much money we get ready to make. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not about, oh, well, he going to make more or you already got this going on. Because I've even had some people, when I start reaching out for different things, they was like, oh, well, don't you got enough going on? What does that have to do with anything? I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm inquiring about some inf- information that you have possession of. You don't want to give it yeah. to me because I already got some houses that I'm building. Yeah. But again, that's that yeah. crabs in a barrel syndrome. So surround yourself around like-minded people, because if you surround yourself around like-minded people, they're not going to mind sharing with you because we all want to see each other grow. I got some friends yeah. now that have that, that make more money than I do a year, but guess what I do? Guess what I tell them? You got some money sitting somewhere, you need to buy yourself a truck or you need to put yeah. some money into real estate. I'm willing to give them that avenue for them to acquire more. Yeah. Because I don't care how much more nobody got than me. Right, right. But to be right. able to share some information with somebody and see them obtain another level of something. And then I share my strategies with everybody. You know what I mean? Even my friends that got more than me, they'd be like, how you doing? Because I'm strategic yeah. with everything. Yeah, I got a process for everything. You know what I mean? And my number one process now is I need an asset to pay for every liability. Yeah. I don't go in my kitty to buy clothes and jewelry, shoes and cars. I don't do that no more. Yeah. Depreciable assets. Exactly. If I got a kitty, I'm keeping the kitty. Whatever my bag is, I'm, I'm keeping that. Yeah. I'm a flip it. Once the money come back, then I start considering some of the frivolous things or the depreciable assets that I want yeah. out of the portion of my profit, not all of it. Right, right, right. Because I want my kitty to grow too. Because if my kitty grows and I reinvest my kitty, that means my profit margin elevates. Yep. Which means I can yep. afford more stuff. Just like yep. I said about, about a truck. For peak season, for, for peak season this year, for um peak season around Christmas time. I think I probably cleared about $65,000, in six weeks. Mm. So by the time I paid out my drivers or whatever the case may be, I think my take home might have been probably like forty-two grand, forty-five thousand, or whatever the case may be. But this now we're talking a six-week span now. Yeah, yeah. I could have took the money and balled out of control. Yeah, you know, you know what I did? <laughs> I treated the kids good for Christmas. I bought everybody everything that they wanted. I went mm-hmm. and spent the rest on another truck. That's how you do it, man. Put you know it right back in the because business. This because that thirty-five thousand I spent is going to make me another thirty-five hundred dollars a week. Yeah, thirty-five hundred dollars a week times four is fourteen thousand dollars a month. Mm. So I get my money back now in three in three months. I get yes. my money back in three months. After that, everything else is a profit. 
And see, and see this, and this is the business principle that people need to gravitate to, right? Because as you're moving up the scale, you can't eat off the profit. You got to be, talk about, now see, people hear that the large margin that you're at right now. Talk about those beginning stages when you're getting it and you're putting it right back in. What happens is in the beginning, when you put, well, this is why I say it's systematic, right? Mm-hmm. And got to be disciplined. And I and I put this on one of my um, one of my chapters, a change in the game. You have to be disciplined because if you don't have discipline, you're not gonna grow. Mm. You're not gonna grow because you're gonna be making money, and then you'll be able to you, instantly you'll be able to afford the things that you couldn't before. So you're gonna want to buy them. Can't buy them yet. Hold fast, or you can. But you got to break it down. And, and just like you said, for me, my system is everything goes into thirds. You see what I'm saying? The business get paid, Eugene gets paid, and the truck gets paid. Mm-hmm. I can't buy nothing that I can't afford out the money that Eugene get paid. Forget what the business make and what the truck make or what I made completely for the week. It doesn't work like that. I got to be disciplined enough to pay the company I got to pay the truck and then I got to pay Eugene. Now, yeah. Eugene still got to pay the mortgage, the gas and electric, the BGE, and whatever I got left, now I can spend it on myself. Guess yeah. what? If I don't got enough, I got to go make some more money. I got to go yeah. work a little bit harder. Or I got to save enough money to go buy another unit. Yeah. It's just everything is systematic, bro. And I say that because these are the things that we are not taught in school. We not. And I ain't taking nothing away from us, right? But for yeah. real, for real, fuck Black History Month. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I feel you 100%. We, we invest a whole month into teaching. And what's crazy is they're only allowing to be taught what they want us to know that's not really everything that yeah. happened in our heritage and our culture, but you right. think it's Black History Month. Why are you not designating financial stability classes for our children at early ages? Why are you not teaching savings and compound interest? Yeah, how to invest? They know, they know that's the key. Like even when you look at Martin Luther King, when he switched his message, mm-hmm. that's when they took him out. Yeah. You know, when he started talking that financial literacy. They like no 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 no. We can we can talk about you, you know integration all of that, but we're not going to talk about financial literacy. And so they know that once we get a hold of it, that that's the game changer, man. It's the game changer, it is. And once 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 we as a people, and even and I say this, and I break it down in the lamest terms, and I even tell my guys outside that be out on this block, I be yeah. like, bro, all you gotta do is make three hundred dollars a day. $300 a day gets you $1,500 a week, make you $6,000 a month, mm-hmm. gives you $72,000 a year. Mm. I said, does that not make sense to you? And $300 is not a lot of money to make. No. Not to you outside. I yeah. said, but by the time y'all blow it on your vices, smoking your weed, you buy a couple outfits, you didn't exhausted your money. Well, how am I supposed yeah. to put $300 in and in, in, in keep my $300? You know how? Because it's 24 hours in a day. How many hours yeah. it take you to make $300 outside? It don't take you that long. 
Take your ass to work. I don't care if you got stock a shelf in Walmart overnight, if you got sling some trash off the trash truck for Baltimore City for a few hours a day, it's enough time in the day for you to do that. But if you're not willing to put the work in, you ain't yeah. getting it. You want this instant gratification. You want it right here, right now. And this block yeah. ain't gonna get it for you. It's not. It's gonna get no. you killed and it's gonna get you locked up. And mm. these niggas be fighting over some shit that don't love them back. Y'all fighting over a block that ain't even yours. This block don't love you. Yeah, yeah, that's true, man. That's true. And so now, as you as you were going through, right, you were introduced to the trucking game. Mm-hmm. Now you started driving first, or did you? What what was that transition like? And when did you make the transition of employing other people? Well, I already. The, the game plan I came up with in prison was never to drive. Mm. It was always to be the owner. And I'm talking about, I mapped it out to a T. I mapped it out to a T. But when I started to pay attention to what I needed, and I was like, all right, cool. What happens if I need to be able to move this truck? I got to call somebody. What if yeah. somebody's not available? And I'm the type of guy, I got a real big pride issue because of the things that have <laughs> happened to me. Cause I never okay. want to have to ask nobody for nothing. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't never want to have to ask nobody for nothing. So mm. I want to be able to take care of all mines all on my own. So what I do is I structure my process from top to bottom. I need to be able to do whatever role I need to be able to step into. I got to be equipped to do it. Yeah. So I knew step number one was you need to be able to drive this truck. Even if you don't drive it, you need to be able to drive it in the event that something happens. If you got to go get it, you ain't got to call nobody. You don't That's have to smart. pay nobody. That's smart. And you're not on nobody else's time. You got to learn how to drive it. But once I start learning how to drive it, I like it. I was yeah. like, oh, I like this. So now I can be slick. I can play the music I want to play. I, and now I get to drive around and I get paid for doing it. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm getting ready to be the slickest joker to drive a truck. It, it, when you're doing something that you're having fun with, you, don't, you have no problem with making money. Yeah. It's not a job where I wake up and be like, I gotta go to work. Mm. I started working with some of my guys. They were, they was pulling out the yard at, at 5 o'clock. I was down there at 3.30. I was already coming back down the road by the time mm. they were coming up. Yo, how many loads you put on the ground today? Three. What? Yeah. So you lead by example. You are leading by example. They can't say, no, boss man up there is slacking. You're like, I'm up before y'all. Where y'all at? Where y'all at? And these guys, no, these, now in the beginning, these guys that, um, that, that been in the game 15 years before me, and I'm still mm. getting up. I'm the first person in the yard. I'm the last one to leave. Yeah. Last one to leave. So now, even with my guys, it goes back to what you say. If I blow that fire up underneath of that ass about not putting forth the, the effort, how do you not get it if I'm out doing it too? I ain't sitting right. home behind the desk calling you or you hear me uh, out, out having fun while I'm telling you what to do. No, I'm in the truck getting it in with you. So yeah. if I'm getting up and if I'm at my destination an hour before I'm supposed to be there, what's the problem? Why are you not right. doing the same thing? You know what I mean? And I have expectations for my guys. You see what I'm saying? Mm. This is this is the characteristics I want to be attached to my company. So yeah. if you don't meet the standards, I'm sorry, it's nothing personal, but you can't work for me. Now and that's important. You can't work that, with me. That that's that's important, right? Because a lot of times, you know, we hear the gripe, 
with, with black owned businesses about the customer service and certain things like that. So I'm glad that you pointed out that you have expectations and standards and that's what you are holding your people to. And I'm sure they respect you a lot more once you have that accountability in that environment that you're creating. Absolutely. 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 Man, that's deep, man. People need to understand that you have to have standards, man, and keep people accountable because if not, they'll just do whatever and they'll drive your business in the ground. They'll drive them to the ground. They will. And, and 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 it all it also goes to the saying that nobody's gonna take care of yours like you will, right? So again, you have to surround yourself around, and you have to work with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. So before I even consider them being a part of what I have going on, we have a conversation. I gotta make sure we're on the same page. I gotta yeah. make sure you actually want something because if you're just telling me, "Oh, I just need a job for right now," you're not the guy that mm-hmm. I want to hire. You're not that guy. I want to hear mm. that guy tell me that, yo, I want a half a million dollar house. I want a Mercedes in my driveway because now I know, okay, his ethic is going to match. Yeah. What he's, what he want. Cool. Right. I got you. I'm going to show you how you can get that. And you don't have to go out there to get it. You don't. You don't right. have to go out there right. to get it. And take it from me. You know what I mean? Take it from me, man. I, I, I'm, I'm a walking piece of experience you know I'm, I'm 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 proof yeah i'm proof yeah man that's dope man that's dope only issue now, i ever have again god forbid and then i shouldn't have none with them because i I got have accountants now as the irs it will never be the federal bureau yeah. of intelligence anymore <laughs> that's good man you keeping your business in order right because that's that's a huge factor like okay you're getting money mm-hmm. you're moving and you're growing and on the back end, a lot of people don't take care of, of that part that you mentioned, and you mm-hmm. could lose your business like that. Absolutely. And that's why it goes down to um, the first, the first, the first four chapters. Well, the first three chapters of changing the game. It was one, you have to um, you have to decide you want to make a change. Mm. Two, you gotta educate yourself. Three, you gotta stay disciplined mm. and stick to the process. So you have to create a process. You have to know what operates your business from start to finish. And it's okay to mess up. But what you do is once you line up your process, wherever you feel like you fumbled, then that should be an indicator to say, all right, I got to go back right here and change this step. I messed up right here. Something wasn't right whenever I got right here in order for me to move to the next step. Then you just make Mm -hmm. the necessary change. You go back, you make the necessary changes, and you run through the process again. And then once you get your process complete and it's flowing, then you wash, rinse, and repeat it. Yeah. That's it. You just go now, back and do it again. Now, to change the game, sir, for the people that may be listening, let them know exactly what that is in case they want to tap into to what you're speaking of to change the game. Um, changing the game is 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 some is 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 where you get the raw me, the the me that's speaking to people directly about where we lack the knowledge in order to progress financially, mm. you know, um, for the dope boys that got bags of money somewhere, you see, yeah. to all the way down to the people that really don't have much going on that's trying to figure out their way to the people that have substantial nine to five, saving all of their money 
if the money's sitting still, it's a liability. Yeah. So now what Fact. I'm telling people is when I when I'm speaking into into existence is learning the flow of currency, how profitable yeah. it can be if you move it in a positive direction. You see what I'm saying? If money is sitting still, it's a liability. So changing the game is giving everybody a chance to progress. It's giving the dope boys a chance to progress into something positive or to mm -hmm. add another stream of income for them. It's for the ones that don't know what they want to do, figure out how to do it, you know what I mean? Deciding you want to change. Um, educating yourself on whatever it is you're interested in. Developing a process. Following yeah. through, you know what I mean? Um, learning what to do with the money when you had the money. You know what I mean? Like all of these steps is just. Now, is this a video series or, or is yeah. it a. Yeah. Okay. I just, when I just when my mind started working, I just push record, man. And just. And, and I'd be that's like, all right, that's it. And I keep that's going. The, that's the way to do it, man. Because that's the way I do it. Because those moments of inspiration, you, it, it's, you, it's tough to recreate it if you don't act on that gotta, inspiration at the moment. You got to do it. When, whenever it reaches you, you just got to let it go. And that's why I keep it the way, because sometimes my language is not all professional, whatever the case may be, but cool, I'm rough around the edges. So you got to take yeah. me as I am while I'm giving you this information. And if it don't and, work, and everybody, everybody is not for everybody. Like once you can accept that fact, right? It's mm -hmm. just like, it's a total freedom. Mm -hmm. So that's why like, I appreciate, like when you look at somebody like an ET, he don't show up in a suit and tie. Like you said, when you're doing your videos, you speak raw, uncut. And that's for your audience. That's for your people. And mm -hmm. that shit ain't gonna change because that's what connects with people. It's authenticity. Authenticity. Yeah, authenticity. And I don't want nobody affiliated with me or associated with me that's afraid to be authentic. Right. I don't want nobody that feels like they have to be a certain kind of way all the time because you don't. People should, should accept you for who you are. Yeah. And, and if they can't accept you for who you are, then they should judge you by your characteristics and allow you to be present in the elements that most satisfy or complement you the best. Right. You know what I mean? So I, that's just how I am. And I just hope, and, and I, and, and the reason I'm, I, I, I try to reach so many people is because just like I said, I've been working with kids with behavior disabilities all throughout my college career. So I see it, where the deficiency is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where, where they, what they missing. And I, and I also, when I came home from prison, I, I was a substitute teacher at, uh, at uh, Booker T. Washington. I forgot the name. Rena it was Renaissance Academy. It was like they okay. just were taking all of the kids down there that just didn't really want to do nothing. They just was putting them all in this. And I was like, damn, it's just crazy how they just harboring a babysitting, you know, scheme to, 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 to tuck these kids away for a certain amount of hours a day. Like, man, they should be. And right. I did the same thing with them. I told the principal, I said, do me a favor. Get all of the boys in your in your in, in here, and I need all. I need to put all of them in the gym for me. Give me the mic. Mm. Wow! Talk and about brought, that, right? Talk about that. You you could have sat by and and just collected a pay and just collected a paycheck. Yeah, it was never so like that for me. Like, what was that like, man? That inspiration to be like, man, go gather them up. Let's 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 give them game. Just to see and hear the interests and the things that they was doing, like it was, it was just such a, such a fashion, such a fascination for them to go outside and smoke some weed, and come back into the building and be high. And, you know, like the dialogue of that conversation and me even giving them something and saying, here, read this. And then, and me seeing that, yeah. like, 
you 16, 17 years old, you can't even read. How, what you gonna do with your life? So I just had a, like I had had enough just hearing what they were interested in. And I was like, you know what? And, and Principal Rowe was like really for her kids. She was, she was trying her best to save them. And I just felt like, you know what, Rowe? You finally got somebody in your building that's good with kids like this. And I had a problem before when I taught school you know, it kind of mm-hmm. got put me in some sticky situations because I was a very influential object inside of a building. Like kids gravitate to me. I know yeah. how to get across to them. So I knew how to get some things done that even the administrators couldn't do sometimes. And it would draw like a cloud over me sometimes. I could see where the tension was. And I even got into it with my principal one time. I was like, you think I come in here for money? I don't come to work for money. I come in here <laughs> because I love children. This is right. a passion for me. Cause she like, she was like, you, we had a conversation one day and she was like, um, you, I, she was like, you know, I'm in control of your job or whatever the case may be. I said, man, I don't come here for no money. I don't come, you, you ever took a look outside and see what I drive? Y'all don't yeah. drive that. That don't come from working here. Trust me. This chump change, this money that y'all paid me a year, I got this home in the bag. Yeah. Times 10. I, I got this already. I ain't looking for no money when I come in here. I come to work because I'm getting paid to do something that I love to do. I'm working with children. So when I came back and I saw it and it was happening again, and I used to do the same thing with them. I would gather up all of the boys, talk to them. I would gather up all of the girls and have different conversations with them about men, men like myself. You see what I'm saying? What kind of influence we have over that and why it's not popular to seek that. And this is what you should be interested in. And I was like, you know what? It's time for you to do it again. Mm. And I said, Ro, get them boys together. And put them in a class, put them in that gym for me and give me a microphone. Let me talk to them. And I'll never forget it. I brought my, took my photo album from prison in there. I, I put, had all of the pictures from my, when my daughter was born, when I wasn't there. And they was like, wow, for real? And I'm like, mm. yeah, you would have never thought it though, would you? This ain't where you want to go. You don't want to. You don't want to make the, the things that you are doing now. You going you going straight down this path. I mean, yeah. you don't want this to correct your path. You want somebody like me that can tell you about it. Let yeah. me tell you this headache. Got a chance, young blood. Like you, you guys are the next doctors and lawyers. Yeah, and dentists and physicians. I was like, you just don't even get it. And and I even you know would take take my kid in there. How can I trust? If you want to go outside, you're 13 years old, you just want to smoke weed and come back in here, you're not being productive in school. How, how can I trust the upbringing of my child? I, her, her, her destiny is going to be in your hands, in your generation. If yeah. mm. far and few between, y'all going to fall short. A lot of y'all going to end up in the prison or illiterate. Not even right. in prison, but you just, you're going to lack the skills that you need to be productive in society. Yeah. Then you ain't gonna be able to get a decent job. Then you're gonna be stuck wanting to having to work at McDonald's and, and pick up garbage and get the low yeah. jobs. Like, why would you set yourself up like that? Right, and right, right. You can't reach them all, but I got to some of them. I did. That's good. I still have That's kids good. to this day. Like a lot of them, they be like, "Man, Mr. Link, if you wouldn't have had that conversation with us, I wouldn't be doing this, or I wouldn't be doing that." And they doing a lot of them are doing very, very well for themselves. Yeah, awesome. and I'm just glad that I could have been that type of an influence, and even for them to see me because I went to prison after I got my degree. You know what I mean? Mm. I also have a story that shows that nobody's perfect. Right. I didn't, I didn't go to prison first and then get a degree. No, I had a career. 
was already set. I could have done anything. I had just interviewed at the time. I think I was waiting for um, NSA to call me back. Because I was at, I, was, I had just completed my second interview for NSA. And I was waiting for them to call me back for a position. It's no doubt that I would have been making six figures, but I got right. went to prison. You know what I mean? So I couldn't let everything fall by the wayside. I was too smart. I had acquired too much information. I had right. hard. Damn. Like, cool. I'm just a convicted felon now. Sure that we got ain't like we ain't never scraped out nothing across the ground before. You had to do it. You had everything hard. It ain't nothing yeah. ever given to you. So come on, we just gotta go get it again. Man. That's where I'm at. And I'm I'm thankful for my ability to be able to comprehend that information because everything I learned is where I'm going and why I'm progressing even to this day. And I now you also you you also have um, an organization that you, because you mentioned something. What What is the, the organization that you have? Because you had the real estate, the trucking, and you mentioned something else. Oh, um, a residential staffing agency that I'm starting? Is that what you're Okay. About? No, I, I thought it was something tied to the, um, I thought you said something about substance. Oh, uh, substance abuse? Yeah. 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 Substance, a substance abuse program. Um, the accreditation phase is supposed to take place in April. Okay. So, we're going to have a, a substance, substance abuse program for, uh, you know, for, for, for African, I mean, not even just for African-Americans, but for whatever demographic of, of, of the city that sector that we put it in, we're going to have a substance abuse program. You know, okay. For some, for some reason, I thought it was tied together with the youth, but it's something different. My bad. Yeah. So that's why I brought it yeah, up. But it will, it will be, it will be for them as well. You know what I mean? Cause okay. we got a lot of, we, we definitely, we have more, man, we have more of, of the youth now that, have just as many um, substance issues as the adults. That's because, true. Because they stuff, you know, they 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 strung out off of these opioids, man. They these Percocets and and the Bukes and and yeah, you know, they just doing whatever to get high. Just drinking this lean. You'd be surprised yeah. man, at, at the stuff that like that the youth are uh, they involved in now. You know what I mean? Yeah, they definitely trying. A lot more stuff, a lot faster in life. Than and 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 you know too, it's it's a tug of war I always have with myself because I grew up, you know, listening to rap, the Wu Tang, the Nas, the Jay Z, and so like the music that I listened to growing up, you know, the most they talked about was drinking Hennessy and smoking weed. You know, the combination made my eyes bleed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so now the music is so heavy into the popping of the pills and the lean. It, you know, it's, it's always that tug of war, like how influential is the music into our younger culture? Because if they don't have that structure and you're looking at somebody that's talking about the lean, then that's kind of what you're going to lean to. Very, very influential. Very. Is, is, is just like social media. You know what I mean? Like everything now is about an image. So whatever the yeah. image is that's popular in the rat world is the one that's driving the attention of social media. And everybody wants to be accepted. And the only way people feel that they can be accepted is to be subject to what they're hearing or what they see. It's not that many people nowadays that's just cool with being who they are and 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 being accepting that all right, people just have to accept me for who I am. It's not like that. Yeah. It's like yeah. let me become what's popular. Let me be a part of the everyday norm. Like to them, it's the norm. And that's not normal. That's not normal. Man. 
It's not normal. So that's going to be huge, man. That's going to be huge. I, I'm excited to hear that, that next phase because what people need to understand is that you're moving not for profit. You're moving with passion. Like you have businesses for profit, but you care about a lot of things that you're doing, man. Yeah, it's not about the money. Yeah. It ain't about people need to understand that. Yeah. But I do know that, you know, what I what I do know is that I know that my work ethic is gonna allow me to maintain the things that I want to maintain financially. You know what I mean? Right. My goal is definitely to reach a million dollars. I want to be able to I want a million dollars in cash. I don't want to be worth a million dollars. I want a million dollars in cash. I want to touch it again. You know yes, what I mean? Yes. I want to touch it again. But I want to touch it again the right way. Yes. I want to touch it again legitimately. So I, I do know that my, my ethic will provide me a substantial lifestyle. And if it doesn't, I know how to go get it. You know what I mean? I know yes. how to sit down and map out a process and go get it. But it's not a it's not about the money anymore. It's not. Yeah. As long as my kids are happy, as long as I got a roof over my head, because I don't require much. I don't. Yeah. I like nice things, but I don't have to have them anymore. And that's that's another thing. Like, I don't. I acquire it when it comes. You know what I mean? Yeah. If if it's attainable for me to to be able to reach out and grab whenever I want it, then I'll get it. But I'm more so like it's it's about it's it's for the long haul now, man. I'm 40 years old. You know? Yeah. I'm 40, and I don't want to work until I'm 65, 70 years old, the legal age of retirement. No, man. I want to kick my feet up. 45, I want to kick my feet up. I want to be able to flip my laptop open and see how much money I made today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Straight up. I want to be in the, I want to be off the coast of Belize off a yacht, with, <laughs> you know, with a bottle of champagne and some cranberry juice on a cell phone, mm. you know, making some business deals. That, that kind of like, that's what I want. You know what I mean? I want, and I want my family with me. I want to be able to, I want my kids running around swimming. I want them to enjoy some things that I didn't get a chance to enjoy and come up and see, like, I don't yeah. ever want, I grew up watching my mother stick a needle in her arm. You know what I mean? I knew, mm. I watched my mother do this for so so long. I was so accustomed to it that when my mother OD'd, I knew how to bring her back before and while I, while we was waiting for the ambulance to come. Like, no kids. Wow. Today. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's been nice with, I mean, you know, even with my dad, my father was so drunk that me and my brother were little young boys and I had to drive the car you know what I mean? Like, I don't, mm. I don't want my kids to see that. I don't. And if yeah. I can inspire somebody else to change or break the generational curse that's existing in their family so that their kids and their kids' kids can see something different, that's why I do the things I do. And that's why I'm going to keep pushing it. And that's why I'm going to keep promoting it. And every time I reach a level of success, it's not bragging, but I'm going to show it because right. I want people to see that anything's possible. I'm a convicted yeah. felon. I'm just like you. I've been yeah. there. Yeah, and if, and if somebody that, needs help, then shit. All you gotta do is reach out. I'm gonna give you the information that I have that can help you. I can lead you to the water, but I can't make you drink it. You know what I mean? I can give right. you the information, the resources that I have, but I can't make you drink it. And you, and and my people are more than welcome to that. And I give that shit away for free. I don't charge nobody nothing. And I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you do that, right? Like share because a lot of times when people you know, are, are rising up ranks, they go and hide. Yeah. I mean, but it's important if you're authentic that you share because it's inspiration for the next person the next to believe person. 
that something else is possible. So technically, it's selfish for you to go away and hide because that means you're only thinking about yourself. Myself, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. Now, what's next for you, brother? Before we go, uh, what's what's next for you? Because you're working on everything, man. What what's yeah. next for you? What what are you taking to the next level that you can share with us? I know some things may be in the workings, but uh, what can you share that's that's on the horizon, man? Um, what's on the horizon now is um, I'm actually in like in the last stage of my residential staffing agency. I just got to um, put together some reports to send to the state of Maryland, let them authorize it so they can come out, inspect my office, and give me a temporary provisional license to start servicing on people. Mm. And I, I picked up on that um, because I have a family member that's in the business, and my mother became a paraplegic. Okay. So... My mother was in a nursing home when I, whenever I came home from prison and I just went in there and I was like, you know what? I ain't going for this. And my mother yeah. staying in here. I'm going to get you out of here no matter what I got to do. So once I started to ask the questions from her, uh, her case manager, what I needed to do, I started to learn the process. And I'm like, damn, these people make this kind of money doing that? How do they do that? So my mm. mother had an aide. My mother had an aide um, that assisted her for 10 hours a day. And would come out to her house and, you know, help clean her up and feed her. And I was like, okay, this isn't that hard. I can, yeah. I can do this. And it's going to assist some people. Yeah. So I started to put that in, in, in motion. But as I got caught up in some other things, I kind of like, I didn't stray away from it, but I, I wasn't on top of it. So yeah. I got that yeah. going on. Um, we go for accreditation for the, um, the substance abuse program in April. It's no doubt that that will go well. And um, eventually, uh, I want to start my own transition program for youth. I want to transition them from, you know, from dependence to independence. And mm. I got a whole process that I've been mapping out for that, you know, for boys and for girls. Whether, be, you know, some transitional houses that offer some stuff that I know. Everybody don't want to go to college. You know what I mean? That's true. And it's not for everybody. And it's not for everybody. It ain't for me. It ain't for me, so yeah, you know I mean, so that's but I do realize is. that a lot, a lot of times there are underlying issues, in, in, even in all of us. There's an instability yep. somewhere that has to be identified and and um and controlled. And when I say control, it may take some medication, it may take some counseling, some therapy, or whatever the case may be. Once you have that under control, then you can implement um, vocational academics that can transition them into independence. Yeah. So even if I just take three boys in the beginning and I revamp the yeah. process and show that it's successful, then I can go to the state and say, this is what I did. What I did. This is how I yeah. did it. Then give me some money so I can do it on a larger scale. Because I want you yeah. to use money. Yep. And that's what it's about, man. Using your resources and your information. And so I'm glad that you're, like you said, you're always thinking. And that's what people going to hear throughout this interview is just how strategic that you're that you're thinking right and so that's what people need to take away they need to gravitate to planning ahead and and use those resources man because that's huge that's how we're going to change the game absolutely they gotta be willing to and people have to also be willing to take a step back yeah sometimes people are not willing to take a step back sometimes you gotta step back you gotta regroup and then move so you can in order to move yep. forward and sometimes that means stepping away from the limelight, some people that are not moving in the same direction so that you're not distracted because right. this is going to take some discipline. 
It is. It's going to take some discipline. Unless you want to just keep getting up, going to work from paycheck to paycheck to pay bills. That's cool. But that's not a goal for myself. I want to be financially free. And I want to teach my children. I want to I want to implement a process for them to be financially free at early ages. I don't want them to even work till they if if I can prevent them working until they're 30, if I can make them financially free at 21 or 25, I did my job. Yeah, that's huge, man. And so how can people follow your journey? Um, let them know where they can follow you. You mentioned the real estate, but mention that one again. And then mention all the social media ways that they can tap into your motivation, man. Um, my IG pages are uh, Ace of Diamonds Trucking on Instagram. I have AOD Red, which is my real estate development page um, on Ace of Diamonds Trucking. I kind of been going back and forth. I show a lot of my trucking stuff, but I also speak inspirationally on there. Um, my Facebook page is Eugene Link. Uh, Eugene Link is on Facebook. It's just my first and last name. Um, again, mm-hmm. that's where you'll get a lot of my um, my inspirational, you know, thoughts or whatever. How, whatever comes to mind, I, I pretty much share. But those are the only two uh, uh, social media aspects or atmospheres that I that I promote this on. Same thing, mm-hmm. being as though they're the most popular. Yeah, um, I've been, yeah. I've been invited to. Uh, What's the new one that, that people have been using lately? Uh, uh was it uh, 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 TikTok? Not TikTok. Uh, something. Uh, what's the other one where you can chime in? It's like different groups, different rooms. Oh, Clubhouse. 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 Yeah, I've been yeah. invited to Clubhouse, but I just haven't had a chance to really like tune into it because I. Yeah. Once I get my day started, man, it, the, the the work world really like consumes me. That's why I I, I haven't been as on point with my even even the different chapters and changing the game because I get consumed with work and it's only one me. But even with yeah. that, I'm learning how to work smarter and not harder. Yeah. Because as you grow, you have to learn how to start designating responsibilities to people. Can't I can't yep. keep trying to do everything by myself. So I'm learning, I'm yeah. growing at the same time. And I'm also sharing all of my experiences because I never want anybody to look at me and think that I got it all together. I don't. Yeah. You know, I'm just as much in pieces as anybody else. I have just as many <laughs> questions. You know, just like people call and have questions for me, I still got a million questions for other for other people too. And um, not only to speak about myself, but um, when it comes to the to the trucking world, um, if anybody has any questions or, or or anything, if there's anything that doesn't come from my page, man, um, it's a it's a guy named um, Alex Good Energy. On, oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah! Very popular. He's a very knowledgeable brother. He has a lot of great information. You can visit his page. Um, yeah. There's also a gentleman that's very much like myself, man. Um, his name is Sean Williamson. I think he's that's like my man, man. Yeah, truck we had him on the show, man. He's super dope, man. Yeah, Truck King eighty five. I've never yeah. met his brother before in person. You know, I salute him. Uh, I'm grateful for him. I've never not picked up the phone and text that man if I had any question. Yeah. Yeah, respond to me as if he knew me. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's how he is, man. He's he super humble, man. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't owe me anything. I send him an email. Hey, uh, hey, Sean, man, how do you do this? And I'm talking about here, just get right back to me, Eugene. Use this app. This is how you do this. This is what you use to do that. And I'm like, damn, if it was just so many more people like him and I, in the world, yeah. you can't lose. I think I even sent you the information whenever we were yeah. talking about the truck. Yeah. Because I knew, I mean, I'm up and coming and, and moving forward, but 
his dialogue was just step by step and it was so easily you could re- it was easy yeah. I was like I, I'm putting too much thought into it that's why I always refer to I'll be like man get, let me let me send you his emails the same ones yeah. he's and they make so much sense yep yeah, so he's sense. a wealth. Of, he's a wealth of knowledge, man. When he was yes. on the show, he was he was talking about his journey as well, man. And so that's what I love, man. Is just people stepping out, giving gems, and we get ready to take this thing to the next level, man. All of us, right? And so it's like it's one of those things where uh, two years from now, man, we all gonna be collaborating together Absolutely. on something because it's everybody working together, keeping that engine moving, man. And so that's super dope, man. And so before we go, if you can just give us that last word of encouragement that you have on your heart, and we'll leave on that. Don't quit. Mm. Don't quit. If a task has once begun, never leave it till it's done. Mm. Be the labor great or small, do it well, or not at all. Always finish. That's something I learned whenever I was uh, whenever I was pledging, and I was in the trenches by myself. But it stuck to me, and it's like we far too often start to start things and feel like it's too hard and quit and give up and settle for something else. Never settle, man, and don't quit. Always finish. Don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do something. It's out here. Mm. It's just gonna take some effort and some hard work for you to go get it. If you yeah. gotta strip your knuckles across the ground, guess what? Tighten up your motherfucking tennis shoes and put your gloves on and be prepared to get your nails dirty because it's mm-hmm. gonna happen. But what you will get from the outcome of your ethic is far beyond any dollar amount that you could ever attach it to. That's deep, brother. I appreciate you coming on the show, sharing, man. To be on the show. <laughs> yeah, it's only the beginning, man. Yes, this is only the beginning, man. So, peace, love, and blessings to you. Salute to all you're doing, man. Thank you, Thanks good brother. A lot. All right.